You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. There's been plenty of selection dilemmas for Wayne Pivak this week with loads of English-based Welshmen unavailable. Uh, and we've had, a, we've had a similar problem ourselves. We were hoping to have a full contingent, but Yestin, good friend of the show, Yestin, was hoping to make his first appearance today and he is stuck. Uh, I think he's made it to the M25 now, but an hour, an hour ago he was uh, just outside memory services. So he has had an absolute stinker on his way back. Uh, no such problem for Dan Killick. How are you, Dan? Yeah, very good. Headed back uh, really early from from Wales this morning to uh, to get back in the in the seat. Slightly hoarse after um, got a bit of a nasty cold and some continuous shouting of uh, Reynal at the top of the top of my voice just that and that was it there's nothing else just screaming his name his name uh, yeah just Reynal and uh, he, he didn't respond once but um yeah which has led to me uh, led to the voice is almost gone they should make those ref link mics uh, two way i'd pay oh. i'd pay good money for that if it was two way uh, and the, the only man i think who, who must have been shouting that louder than you uh, judging by his his whatsapps uh, on the group yesterday is the mighty murph how are you murph <laughs> Good, yeah. Uh, yeah, Reynal, shouting Reynal really loud is fe- relatively polite, I think. I mean, considering, oh, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, maybe there's other words I could have applied to him at that stage. Okay. Um, but let's, I mean, let's be really clear. Made no difference to the outcome. No, absolutely but not. What you don't want <laughs> is to play the number one team in the world with a referee who's just absolute garbage. You know, yeah, yeah, that ducking, was all, ducking all the big decisions and 
Uh, I, I, this could honestly, if we start like this, this whole hour could turn into going through every decision one by one because it's really boiled my piss. <laughs> <laughs> On, on that, if there was a two-way two-way ref, Mike, I, I'd there's nobody I'd rather hear than you, Murph, on the other end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I would definitely have tuned in for that yesterday. Yeah, um, I wasn't calling him Raynal. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> best not, I best I'll, I'll refrain from uh, what I was calling him. Uh, uh, I, while you say that about um, shouting at the ref, and it should be two-way. I, 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 the way I act, it must. I must. There must be some kind of part of me that thinks he can hear me because yeah. <laughs> I'll be conducting a full-length conversation with the referee about the way he's interpreting the rules of the, the, our great sport. And uh, my wife will just walk through the room like as if she works in a lunatic asylum. Well, just, yeah. I mean, you, you've mentioned it there, Murph. That might take up the whole hour. So yeah. if you are listening on your way to work, get a call in early to your boss. Uh, <laughs> if you listen, I'm get a, get a cup of coffee or something stronger because. Uh, yeah, I, I like you say there made no difference to the game, and we will come on to the game. But seeing as we touched on the ref, I, it was massively. The, the thing that just really annoys me about it is, all right, you know, decisions get missed every now and again. But in the TMO era, how you can look at that Bowden Barrett one and say that's not a yellow card is yeah. just baffling. Well, it's just the way the ref, the game has been refereed for the last how many seasons? Should we say that that? Oh. that came in or five. three or four yeah, yeah. That, if you try for an intercept it doesn't come off unless unless mm. it's really like unless you almost get two hands to it and then yeah. drop it after that you 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 you're going to get yellow carded it doesn't matter the circumstances it doesn't matter your, your your intent how important you are to the global sport as the, <laughs> the outside, uh, outside are for the best team in the world no matter who you are what you do if you've knocked that ball down on an interception it's a yellow and he was the only thing that was dragging it out. I thought was he was double checking there was cover just to see if it was a penalty try yeah. as well as a yellow card. And then he managed to talk himself out of both. Which, in fairness, it, it clearly wasn't a penalty try. No, it clearly it was, wasn't. It was a stone cold yellow, yeah. stone cold, no debate. No, that's the thing. Is once you see there's cover there, yeah, it's not a penalty try. And you know, look, would Johnny was Johnny Williams on the inside? I think if he yeah. had have got the ball in his hands, he might well at the cover might have tackled him straight away and yeah. they'd gained five yards. But it's still a cynical professional foul. Well, it's, it's a yellow. Everyone get, knows that. Let's get really rugby romantic on it, right? Because the move started a kick downfield. Wainwright picked it up, burnt off Iwane, yeah. then he burnt off Sam Whitelock, I think. Mm. Then he's uh, passed it out. Ended up with um, Owen Lane. Owen Lane, and, and he's tried to flick it back inside. If that ball goes to hand, two more passes, we're under the post. Mm. And I noticed this really might be a big stretch, but that's how the try against the Barbars, Barbars versus New Zealand in 1973 happened. From mm. your own half, kick, someone ran it back. But in 1973, they were amateurs, so no one slapped the ball out the blood of the air. But mm. we will never know what happened on that move now. It might have been the try of the century, for all we know. But because Bowden Barrett came up, slapped down, and got nothing nothing against him other than a penalty, which is fine by New Zealand, because then we just fuck up the line-out after, like we did all game anyway. And and we will never know what was going to happen to that move. Uh, and he didn't even get a yellow for it. Yeah, there was a, there was a shambles of a decision, but... I also just feel like it went on throughout the whole game as well. And the yeah. use of the TMO was frustrating. Yeah. What that Josh Adams, uh, Josh Adams penalty that was given for jumping in the air was bloody baffling. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's one of those things. It was a rugby collision. Had he given a penalty at the time, straight away, I don't think I'd have bothered. It would have bothered me too much because, you know, all right, fine. It, it would have been a questionable decision. But to go back, check that, waste, waste five minutes of everyone's time when there's been five other phases straight after it and then give a penalty to New Zealand, which I, I didn't think was I didn't think it was a penalty either. Um, you know, you could have seen that get given the other way. It was just one of them. He jumped, he jumped up, um, rugby collision, and you and you get on with it. But yeah, yeah there's, there was that. You know, just completely baffling decisions the whole time. Yeah, the one, the one that really got me going. There was a scrum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm in full flow right now. Right, there was a scrum where uh, we sort of hinged down to the ground and he penalised us, but it, it was so supposedly that we had collapsed under pressure. Mm. But if you watch the replay of that, not a single player in the Welsh scrum moved a step backwards. No one's feet were digging in the ground or, or under pressure. It was just literally all black front row driving straight to the ground. So we were all, our front row was all stood up, but our head, their, our head, their heads pointed at the ground where it had just been driven into the floor. Penalty New Zealand straight away, under no pressure at all, just driven downwards. No, it's just, it, I mean, that was very, not that early on. It was probably a little bit before the Bowden Barrett thing, but the tone was set. I mean, <clears> yeah. and like, listen, it, it wasn't going to change the result. No. It was going to make it less painful if you're not getting pinged for every little thing. Thing is, with um, with 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 the ref, I I agree. Right, they were a class above, weren't they? You know, oh, but yeah. it's these it's these things that. The, the big the big decisions went against us. And I think really, if you ask, you know, the majority of rugby fans, they would say we were, you know, they were, a lot of them were, were clearly the wrong call. But for me, it was a lot of the stuff that, that the, the little ones that aren't little ones. So, you know, the off, the off sides, they're coming in from the side at, 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 at the... Uh, hands on the know, floor. The, yeah, hands on the floor, the breakdown. Yeah. And if you, yeah. if you don't, if you don't ref New Zealand there, yeah, yeah. You, you you cannot win. And yes, they were better than us and everything else. But it's you 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 cannot win if uh, if they're not ref. And I thought they got away with absolute murder in that department. Plus, they got the big decisions. But it was the little ones that that's what I was really screaming at him for was was what the, what they were doing. And um, it was causing mayhem for us. We just couldn't get anything going. There were knock-ons and forward passes ignored as well. Some sometimes on both sides as well. And yeah. you know, there, there was a, a knock-on advantage that seemed to last five phases that they went back for as well. I was like, there just needs to be like it's something like knock-ons. I just think there needs to be consistency. I think you say two phases advantage over, no matter what happens. Two, it's a knock-on. Two phases advantage over, or if you put boot to ball, advantage over straight away. Doesn't matter where it goes. You know, all this guy was he under pressure? Put boot to ball, and it's over. If you don't want to put boot to ball, then that's it. You 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 know you might get the uh, you might get the scrum advantage, but it's just yeah things like that. I just why I couldn't know. we have Wayne Barnes? Don't know. Mm. He... We always we always oh, seem to get fact, either... is, he, is he retired from internationals now? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But we always seem in an important game. We all uh, this is really just loose accusation. There's no evidence behind it at all. In an important game, we always seem to get a bloody French ref, or worse still, a Scottish ref. And uh, like if it had been any of it, it had been Jerome Garces or Romain Poit or Matthew Reynal as it was, I wouldn't have fancied us getting out of any, getting anything out of any of them against the All Blacks. Uh, maybe it's, uh, I don't know, I, I, the pull of the All Blacks, I don't know. We, we just never get a lucky break with them. Never. 
No, 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 no. Hang on, I'm saying lucky break. Never get an even share. That's what I meant. Yeah. An even share of the decisions or an honest decision based on a blatant red or a blatant yellow. That had to be one of the most one-sided ref games, though, I, 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 I can remember. But I, I don't think it's, uh, it's bias either. I really don't. But, um, yes, yeah, mind-boggling. Yeah. Mind-boggling. Either way, uh, and just yeah, we'll we'll come on to the game now because I, I do think it was worth it was covering the uh, the referee. I'm going to rain Murph into to a good ten minutes, but it's worth. <laughs> I think it's um, just to finish on the the yellow card, red card, uh, swinging arm uh, on Moriarty. I actually thought that was right in the end. I thought there was enough mitigation to say that he'd come down. At, you know, he he dipped enough that. Um, that that was that was the mitigation down from red to yellow. I don't think you feel the same, do you, Murph? No. I thought I thought the the first impact from I think it was Blackadder, wasn't it? Yeah. That was borderline yeah. yellow. Mm. And then the second one was just like a physical assault, which possibly should have carried a custodial sentence, custodial sentence as well as a red card. Because it was no absolutely no arms. He's come in, he, he he's connected with the head and also bust his shoulder in the same time because he's hit him so hard. And he, 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 honestly, he looked when he was uh, Moriarty was riding in agony. It looked more like he'd been in a car crash than a, mm. a rugby tackle. He was just in agony, smashed up in the shoulder and the head. He's running low because that's. I mean, he went in low. The whole point of rugby is you run low, so it'd be mm. hard to stop. Uh, and they just came in, both of them, barely any arms. The, the only arm that was out was the non-impact arm. Do you see what I mean? So the, mm. the left shoulder of. Uh, Oh, I'm going to get try and say his name, Carl. <laughs> and the right shoulder of Blackadder. Well, they're the ones that are down. And the outside arm is out trying to make it look like it's not a no-arms tackle. Mm. And I just think, you know, from what we've, been, what we've been doing in rugby, protecting people's head injuries for the last however many seasons, that was like all the non-rugby people are watching if you know what I mean, the non-rugby mm. nerds are watching. And he's just had his head smashed into the back of Blackadder by uh, by someone else and got off with it because he plays for New Zealand, as far as I'm concerned. Dan? Yeah, when I first when I first saw it, there was two New Zealand guys behind and I I turned around and I chatted to them and I thought that it was, um, you know, Moriarty was running in very, you know, very low on on, on an angle. And so, you know what? What were the the New Zealanders supposed to do? But then when I look when when I saw it again, they, I think it was it was reckless, really reckless from them. And they 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 they're very they're, they're very good at sort of doing that sort of thing. If that makes mm. sense, they know they know what they're doing. But it sort of it sort of looks as it you know they do get away with it quite 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 often. So I sort of went back on. Um, I went back on what I initially thought, and and yeah, think that it was uh, it was it was very very reckless. Well, if someone goes from him, if someone goes that low, uh, that's fine. You, you can still tackle them. You just can't smash them in the head. No matter how low they are or how, how high they are. Like what if it was? Um, I'm trying to think of an extremely short player. You know, who wasn't even ducking that far. They're still going to be the same height as Moriarty was. And so you, it doesn't matter what, what, what the situation, you, you, whether they're one, 18 inches off the ground or six foot in the air, you can't smash them in the head. It's, yeah, it's the, no, it's you're as quite simple right. As that. So yeah. I, the, uh, what, I, what I witnessed was Matthew Reynald going to the TMO and then trying to 
talk it round to less than a red card. Well, that, to be fair, that is another point, is you see that so often. And yeah. do you know what? It would be better, in a way, if you saw a TMO going, actually, I think this is a red. I'd rather they had a row about it and went, I think this is a red. And he goes, no, it's a yellow. Here's why. Yeah. Well, you had the baby-faced guy and, and yeah. the other test judge looking at him, and they, they looked sceptical. They looked as sceptical as I did. They were like, without saying anything loud, they looked like, are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Mm-hmm. And they just didn't want to cut across him. So he ended up talking himself into a yellow card. But From what we see now, it's, it's, there's reds there, isn't there? I need, to, I need to have another look at it. Because like I say, I thought actually, I thought the way that it's been refed generally, that it was, that it was, um, it, it was, it was probably yellow rather than red. But I'll, um. I'll have a look at that. Uh, I'll have a look at that again. Um, I mean, you, you very rarely get a, a red card um, for New Zealand, do you? So it's, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, like, exactly. like we said, like, the, the, the bigger picture is they were comfortably the, uh, the better side on the pitch, I thought. And um, at times, yeah. you know, the, the last 20, they were playing like basketball stuff. Their ball <laughs> skills are just incredible. And the offloads just go right to hand and, yeah. and they know exactly where players are. It was, yeah, I think it was kind of summed up that they ran in four tries with about five offloads in, and we tried one and we gave away another intercept. And yeah, I think yeah. that's that's just the golfing class as to as to how good they are. Well, uh, I mean, bearing in mind what we just said, it, it was a miracle. We were, I think, we were twelve points behind with eighteen minutes to go. Yeah, that, that was good going to be that close to that side. And then obviously they they opened up from there, and yeah. we fed we fed them. And I mean, if there's one thing you don't want to do when you you're playing. Uh, the All Blacks outside of the international window with players missing is feed them to interceptions. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the first, you know, the first one, the, the Anscombe pass, this, I, I, I didn't look at Twitter, but I imagine he's had some flack over it. But the, the, the borrowing an, uh, an American football term, you know, the, the play design in the first place. So the mm. move we did off the line out, you basically had Gareth Anscombe and both our centres in a five yard channel in midfield. Yeah. Mm. And even if, even if Hanscom hadn't thrown a shitey pass, all three of them were covered and Bowden Barrett was spare. So all yeah. three players were in a five-yard channel, completely marked and covered. So as Hanscom passed the ball, he was smashed by the flanker. But both the centres were covered by their opposite number and Bowden Barrett was spared to pick up the pieces and run under the posts. So even if Hanscom picked the right pass, we were going to get smashed on the game line and, and bummed and probably three points from there anyway. Well, I mean, if so, you watch, if you watch any of the carries that Johnny Williams had in the first half, probably all game. Uh, he, how many times has he smashed behind the game line? Because they yeah. just, they they read exactly what we were doing every single yeah. time. Their there was line no hand was all, was it? There was there's no, no slight hand There's there. no disguise on it. It's, it's just, I was going to say, uh, Guinness Pro 14 type crash up. It's, you can't do that against top quality international opposition. There's got to be more subtlety involved or more play design for bottom of that word again. Uh, like theirs was some of the disguise on some of their moves. Yeah. We, we, you know, we didn't. Some of our players didn't know where to look. They mind who to tackle. So yeah, we were clue, we were clueless behind, weren't we? We looked so yeah. We so, do. We, I don't think. I really think we didn't get much out of our centre pairing at all. Considering, no, I didn't. Considering you know how good Jonathan Davis is, so we there were some highlights like Tain, uh, uh, Wainwright. Um, Johnny McNichol, weirdly, I thought was brilliant. I thought he did a very good game. Apart from, apart from the, the interception, I thought he had a good game. But um, just outside of that, you know, there's, it's hard to find much to, to be positive about. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, I said to you yesterday that 
but I think it was at half time. I was like, Basham's the one that's that's the real the real highlight. Um, and you know, by the end of the game, I think he was he was flagging a bit, and you know, he might have dropped off a few tackles there, but that will come. You know, the the fact that you can go toe to toe with with that New Zealand pack mm. in a proper test match is really really encouraging at the age of twenty one. Uh, yeah, Wainwright again. To be fair, you know, credit where it's due to Wayne Pivak. It's absolutely him who said that Wainwright's an eight and he should be playing there. And the more I see it, the more I agree, actually. I think that he looks more and more comfortable at eight. Um, and actually, I thought Moriarty was going well until um, uh, until he went off injured. So yep. the, the back row looked good. Um, line out was shambolic. Absolutely shambolic. Um, and I know it's not, you know... It, it, it's not. It's so so hard to gauge when you're watching at home what's what's going on there. But Ryan Elias has never had a good game thrown in for Wales, really, or not a noticeably good one. And he's had a, he's had a few shockers. And I don't know, you know, that that's that's just me trying to put two and two together. But he he didn't have a good game um, from that from that perspective. And yeah, it, it's really really worrying because you can't do anything without a functioning lineup. You just can't. And how many times have we have we had this conversation? But yeah, you know, that's just got to be addressed really, really. It's, it's always line out in the red zone that are going yeah. wrong, always. And you know, shit. <laughs> always. <laughs> Dan, any uh, any any ray of hope in there for you? Um, well, I agree with quite a lot of quite a lot of yours. Really, I thought that uh, yeah, back back row went very well. Basham was was outstanding for the first half, wasn't he? In, into everything, really physical, good, you know, key turnovers. Um, I thought, I thought, I got a Moriarty. I thought was 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 excellent as well. He gave absolutely everything. I sort of fear for him out there, really, because he's going into he's going in in with all parts of his body that you, yeah, just I just get a bit worried for him. But he was good. Wainwright was yeah, was quite good. rightly as well. Yeah, yeah, Wainwright was. Um, yeah, we might had a had a, had a had a solid game. Um, I I thought that Priestland, I thought Priestland made us look different when he when he came on, um, and I thought we did well to work our, you know, work ourselves, you know, back into the game. Considering we had no line out and and we had and the ref was uh, was wearing black, but then of course they, you know, of course then they they pulled away, but. It, yeah, it was um, it was uh, it was a tough it was a it was a, it was a tough outing, wasn't it? There was there was glimpses every now and again, but we were soft. We were soft in uh, soft on the tackle, weren't we? As well, they they got a lot so- of was a lot of missed tackles or just kind of very easy getting over the gain line yard after collision stuff. There seemed to be a lot of that going yeah. on, and you I can't. I was disappointed that. the way we didn't learn from. So they they. What what I what I took away from it was they tended to do the things that they did well. They t- they tended to get change out of that on three or four occasions each time. So you know we put a loose box kick through, for instance, and you know they were running to their danger guys. They were they were breaking the first two tackles with absolute ease, breaking the third, and and then getting their offload game going. But we we didn't seem to learn from it. We we mm. we. And also they got up, they they were finding those gaps in in the ten, you know, in between the ten and nine and and at twelve as well. So they it was it was it was it was 
yeah, it was it was just it was disappointing because I thought that we did we did so well to kind of to claw it back, you know, a little bit. Yeah, um, I, the thing for me is I felt it was one of those games though that they they'd amassed however big the lead was before the Johnny Williams try without getting out of third gear. You know, we'd gifted we'd gifted them the Anscombe one. Um, yeah, there was some there were some nice touches, but the the chip over the top for the you know the Jordan try was an amazing finish. It all came from loose kick in. They didn't really need to to put together anything massively spectacular to get there, and then you just felt that when it got back to twelve, and then we gave away a silly penalty, our tank was empty, and they were just they were just getting warmed up, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it was like that. It felt like a bit of a Graham Henry Wales performance. Do you know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. But however many years, 10 years before that, we were losing by hundreds of points to New Zealand and, you know, couldn't even score a try. And the Graham Henry era, you know, we suddenly were competitive for a bit. And it was like that. You know, I, I felt, you never felt we were going to beat New Zealand under Graham Henry, but you felt we might give them a game. And it felt a bit, a bit like one of those. Um, yeah, at no point in the game did I think we were, we were going to beat them. But you always felt they had, they had a bit more up their sleeve. Yeah, yeah. It- they're, 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 you know, when you look at it, you know, 16 points to 54, they, the thing is, they, they, they do every, they do all the simple stuff so well, and they kick their, kick their points, you know, win the line outs. And you think if we, you know, a lot of the stuff, we just, we gave away city pens, you know, mm. we gave away, we obviously couldn't, we could not win the line out. Um, in key positions again, we we didn't take the points sometimes when they were on offer, but this the the line out thing is just we cannot we cannot continue like that, can we? It's, you cannot win the game without a line out. How bad is Ken uh, Owens's injury? Do we know? I don't don't know. But there's an so awful he, lot of fitness problems in that side yeah. uh, in that squad. You know, I mean. Ken Owens obviously hasn't played much rugby this year anyway, and then no. is, is out for this game. You've then got Falatau in the squad who hasn't trained all season. I mean, what the point mm. is in him being there? Liam Williams might be rushed back, having not played a game all season. Well, he's no need now if Johnny Mickle's playing well, actually. Johnny uh, well, Mickle. I'd agree on that, actually, yeah. I don't. Mm. I do not see the point in this autumn series in rushing anyone back. No. Um, and I'd include, you know, the, apparently the Alan Wynne-Jones one isn't as bad as it looked, but... Yeah, but... You know, he's not playing South Africa next week, even if it's not as bad no, as it No, I don't think that at all. He no. can't be, can he? You know, and no. even even if it was, no. even if you thought he was he was fit for it, you, you don't take the risk for this for this yeah. largely meaningless autumn series. Yeah. You know, would it be great to beat South Africa? Of course it would, but mm. I would much rather we got another Six Nations out of him than you take any unnecessary risks. Mori- Moriarty, I don't know if you saw it, when he came back out on the pitch after the game, he, he had a drip in his hand. I didn't see that. No. It was bandaged up. It was a it was a lead. Uh, no, no, that's not lead is not the right word. That's not a medical term. <laughs> but the the pipe <laughs> was hanging out of his wrist, and then it bled into his bandaging. So yeah. he, he was he had his one arm was uh, in a sling when it had been smashed up by the all black tie dead, and his other hand, his left hand, which he was shaking hands with everyone with, was bandaged up and bleeding from having a drip in it. So I don't know why he needed a drip in it. But um, the Ken Owens thing. He was in the team on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And then half hour after they named the team, they had to pull him out again. So, But it can't be hopefully, good. Hopefully, hopefully he can be fit next week. Yeah, it, it can't be good because they've called up this uh, that Ulster hooker who no one knew was well qualified. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can't imagine it's... um, 
yeah. I can't imagine he's in particularly good nick. So I mean Hooker is a crisis right now I think. Um yeah. it's you know there's there's a real um there is a, a real shortage right there as is, yeah. as has been demonstrated by that. And um, we will take a look at the team that we'd like to see out next week. We'll make a we'll kind of have a look at whether the any selection changes might make a, might make any difference when it comes to next week's game. And of course, we'll be previewing that game against the Springboks in Cardiff next week. All of that is coming up in the second half. But first, we're going to take this very quick break. Welcome to the second half of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Right, time now to take a look at... Uh, well, actually, before we take a look at next week's game, Dan, I was keen to get you in, you in the stadium yesterday. Uh, to me, sat there watching from home, and actually all week, I wasn't as excited about this game as I ordinarily would be with a game against New Zealand. It definitely had a touch of the phoniness about it to me, just because it was outside the window and we were missing so many players for that reason. How did it feel in town in the lead-up to in the lead-up to game and in the stadium itself? Yeah, it was a funny one, really. It was fairly... There was a lot of people around, but it was fairly mm. quiet. Like, I don't know, almost like eerily quiet, I thought, in terms of the... You know, there's that that real sort of buzz, mm. just like a humdrum. It was really, really quiet, really subdued, but loads of people. So lots of people around, but very, very quiet. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it and... Um, you know, it was great to be back, to be to be back in the stadium. But it was peculiar. I didn't see the the choir. Didn't see the goat. I don't know. I don't know whether that's you know they're, they're not able to do that at the moment or what. But it was. It, it definitely felt. It definitely felt different. The DJ was in there and he was uh, he was going for it. I don't know whether oh you could see. Oh my god, the DJ! Oh. I don't know whether you could see. He was obviously asked to dance. No, I you watched. Know, it, I watched when the game boots. kicked off, and I turned off when it finished. I didn't see any of the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, any of the. Um, if I, if I ever it. go to uh, a, a, a Wales game as a punter again, I'm taking ear defenders for all that bollocks. <laughs> Honestly, you come out to the stadium with a freaking headache from a loudspeaker blasting above your head. So I don't know where they are. They're just. Deafening. I, I was. I was like. I was at Canada, so there's no one in the stadium, and all you had was this guy up in the right hand. Uh, what would that be? The uh, north stand, I suppose. Uh, doing a DJ set at full blast with about twelve people in attendance. Like honestly, deafening. Proper yeah. ear splitting, and you know. Yeah, it was. A, it was quite. It was quite. No it was thanks. quite strange. I'm here for I the found, rugby. <laughs> found it quite entertaining. Just, just watching him sort of dance in, in, in his booth but it was it was um yeah it was quite peculiar and then I I yeah because it was a quarter past five kickoff I thought that there would be that absolute you know zip and feel and energy in there but it was good because we hadn't had anything but it mm. wasn't it wasn't what I'd experienced in the in the past that's for sure um it Normally those five thirty kickoffs, I, I actually really like them because you get <laughs> you get all day you get oh, all yeah. day on the pop. You can watch yeah. you know watch some other rugby if there's that on as well, mm. and and then you do get to that even if the games are washed out or whatever, you do get that brilliant sense of atmosphere in town when um and then you know when as, as the game as the game kicks off, it's uh yeah and, and I don't know maybe it's maybe it's a question of it being the first you know the first game back in front of a a proper crowd. 
that made, that made it a bit different. But yeah, I, I was just keen to get a, get a sense from you what it, what it felt like. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it, it, you know, I loved it and it was, it was, you know, it was a top, top day, but really, you know, really good fun and had a great time with the boys and, you know, being in and around people, it was, it was superb. And, but, but yeah, it was, um, I, I was just expecting that a little bit more, you know? Mm. Fair enough. Uh, right. Let's take a look at, um, at next week now. I mean, God, just when I thought, <laughs> just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, we have to watch South Africa play again, um, which I, I've just about recovered from, uh, recovered from the, the Lions series and the, and the ball fest that that was. Um, anything that you've seen though, Murph, in kind of during the rugby championship and stuff like that, that suggests we're actually in for a bit of a, a bit more of a spectacle of a game. Uh, I didn't catch much of the rugby championship, but based on the results and the fact that they actually scored some tries mm. against opposition in, in the rugby championship suggests that they, well, we know, we know they can play another way. Yeah. We know they can. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, they've, they beat New Zealand this summer, haven't they? Um, is, yeah. In a close game. So, um, we're up against it. I mean, uh, we normally at this point try and pick a Welsh side, but I, I wouldn't know where to start with the uh, injuries at the moment. I've got no idea who's going to take Ross Moriarty's place because Ellis is was carrying a rib injury, even though he's in the squad. So, I God mean, knows. Presumably that, I mean, naturally there are a lot of players now available. So you would have Thomas Young as an ex- as a possibility in the back mm. row there. And it, it does just seem strange though, the amount of injured players who are in this squad, given mm. that it's a it's not a rugby world cup squad where you've got to stick to a particular number. Yeah. Um I just yeah, the, the whole thing's just been a bit baffling to me. The number of players who haven't played any haven't played any rugby or are carrying knocks that are that are keeping them out of games. So yeah, I mean back back row is a bit of a, is a bit of a puzzler. Like we were saying before the break, I don't think you, I don't think you can afford to take any risks with Alan Wynne Jones. No, well, it's going to be call ups now, isn't it? Yeah, call up for Moriarty, call up for Alan Wynne. Um, obviously, the English based players are coming in, and I imagine Reece Samet will take his position on the left wing ahead of uh, Owen Lane and what have you. But um, Dan Bigger probably, although there's doubts about his fitness as well. So. Um, it's it's a tricky one. Uh, like they they went with two, uh, two second rows on the bench in the end last week. So yeah. we had Seb Davis and Will Rowlands on the bench. I don't know if they can repeat that again with Ross Moriarty. I, I don't know. No, and you can't. And to, to be honest with you, why was that the case anyway? Like, there's no way. I know Gatlin went through a period where he experimented with Seb Davis as a number eight, and I think most of us would agree that was uh, that, that was a bit of a failure. <laughs> <laughs> so surely no one thought that that oh okay it's only New Zealand we'll have you know we'll have a guy out of position on the bench. Well, they, they, when I say they, I, I assume that the Cardiff have bulked Seb up since, so he's not yeah. he's not he, the pace is not there for him to play back row. We, yesterday he ended up back row because we had no choice. But then, you but know, we did have a choice. You could pick a couple more flankers the, in the blooming I mean, I mean, squad. Uh, you know, on the day we had no choice, yeah. but we could have picked a, a back row forward, but. I mean, we, we, listen, we, we, we know we, we were mystified by the squad in the first place. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, so, looking, it's looking even more strange now. And, yeah. you know, cause the, the thing is, is he loaded it full of tens, knowing that 
there was going to be two unavailable for this game. Um, yeah. Yet ignored that when it came to back row. And this was before it came to light that Toby hasn't even trained all season. So, yeah. it, you know, it's a, it, gets, it gets more and more puzzling to me. And uh, yeah, and obviously the, the back three we, we covered um, mm. a couple of weeks ago as well. It's just all looking very, very strange. It was never um, going to be a physical autumn either, was it? So, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy, isn't it? Really yeah, I, odd. Do you know what, as well, something I don't know if we've covered this uh, in previous weeks, but we've got the Fiji game on the Sunday. So it's a six day turnaround to the Australia fixture. Yeah. And regardless of uh, of what side Fiji put out, there's going to be enough quality in there for it. It's not a, you know, it's not an old school Friday night Fiji game where you can afford to put the second string out. It's going to be a really difficult test, that one. And yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be in for, a, God knows how many players are going to still be standing by the end of, um, by the end of the autumn. But yeah, just, just to get through next week, I think there's, obviously we know there's, there's going to be a load of enforced changes. And, mm. um, the changes I would I would personally go. Oh, in fact, let's let's pick let's pick our side show. We all, we always do this. Um, front row stay the same, Dan, or would you make a change here? Well, props. Yeah, props stay the same, but yeah. I I can we can we pick Ryan Elias at hooker? What, well, what if Ken say? Owens is fit, he's back in straight away. No, no, no question I about mean, it. Uh, otherwise, yeah. Yeah. otherwise you're going straight to uh, Kirby Myhill, aren't you? If you don't pick Ryan Elias, yeah, and he did. I think he missed about four tackles off the bench as well, Kirby, didn't he? So he didn't have a particularly <laughs> good, um, yeah, he, particularly yeah. Good appearance. Yeah, he's. Um... <laughs> and so yeah, if he's... Eli- I mean, I don't know how long how long Elliot T is injured for either. So I don't think he's. I mean, given that, yeah, given that Myhill's in and someone else, like there's, yeah. I, I can't I, see him. I, Coming back, I think you just depending on who we fit. depending on who we go in the second row. I, I I just I wonder whether we can call up a you know call up a hooker that's got any form of relationship with a with the second row there because it's it's that worrying. I think but, he's gonna, uh, I think he's going to pick Ryan again. I I think he might if if Ken's not yeah. fit. I think he will pick Ryan again. Yeah, yeah, that's his um, that's his boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, or it's... yeah, or is it is it the is it the wild card um, uh, Bradley Roberts? I mean, that is a proper baptism of fire. That is well, it is, but also I get you, you know if you look I... at some of the some of the pivot call ups um, since he's been in charge, there's been there's been kind of like very little um, paying attention to who was already in the squad. You know, remember Lloyd Williams was suddenly fast tracked in twelve months ago to play it. Straight into the starting fifteen. Straight into the starting fifteen. So yeah, you, you yeah. never know. Um, Thing is, though, yeah. I mean, we 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 could, can the lineup get <laughs> Dan, the line loves, out, Dan loves yeah. a, a a maverick selection. <laughs> well, but I'm just I, the line out is try him out, was, get him in there. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, at one point I was thinking, you know, we might have to get. You know what can we do at a hooker? Can we get anybody? You know, get the old underarm throw going. Just anything <laughs> to, to to win a lineout because the French was... in the sixties having a winger throw in. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, we're laughing, but I did think what you know, it was just mind blowing. Mm. I don't know whether it was exaggerated because I was in the ground, but I I I couldn't get over it. So no. I don't think it's a risk playing playing anybody else. 
Well, yeah. the thing is that that is that is the worst Elias has been at the lineout. You know, he's not great at the lineout, but that is all time low, probably. Like he was missing guys who were on their own in the air, mm. they were in in the air, unchallenged, mm. and he was missing them. So, hopefully, you know, he can be get past that. As long as you. You know, if you're missing guys who uh, got someone up alongside them or got someone in front of them is the worst one. You've got to get it over the top of the guy to it, you know. They're the ones you can excuse. But when you're missing a guy who's on his own in the air, that's a, that is inexcusable. So as so long as he gets that out of his system, we, you know, he, he's he's passable. <laughs> but So you guys, would you boys pick it? Does he, does he get another go then? So well, look, I, first and foremost, if Ken is fit, he starts, I think. Um, oh yeah, but I, again, like I say, I'm worried about the number of players carrying Knox here. But if Ken is fit, he starts. Yeah. Look, well, I'd pick Ryan Elias over Kirby Monahill. I think. I don't even know the other guy. I don't even know what he looks like. He's, <laughs> I think is he a ginger fellow? I think he's a, the ginger yeah, lad a... with a mullet. Oh, get him in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's ginger on those yeah. grounds alone. <laughs> yeah. Get in there. I was going to say the same, Murph. Straight yeah. in. Start him. <laughs> Over Ken as well. I was going to say, short of short of Dan trying to get Garen Ever, uh, Garen Jenkins on the uh, on the phone to come out come out of retirement. And oh, play too. Jenkins couldn't throw in either. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> he was scrummaging too. He was. We've never, we've we really never have had a, in my lifetime. We've never had a consistent lineout for any period of time. <laughs> there have been times where it's been decent. We had one season, didn't we? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. We did. Yeah, where it was the um, best line out in, in world rugby. That was yeah. unbelievably. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we threw front ball about 80 times out of 100 uh, yeah. on that year. So, you know, that might be what we have to stick to. I don't know. Yeah. Right. It, all seriousness, though, right? If we're picking that side, who goes in at two? Well, if it, Ken Owens. If not, uh, you, you've got to roll the dice again with Ryan, I think, because the other two were untried. Dan? Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I think I'd go the same. I'm going to Just go given, that, given that squad. I'm we're all going Ken. Ken. Yeah, we're Ken, all going yeah. Ken, Dan. Yeah. That's the easy one. <laughs> I'm, and then I'm going, um, I'm going mullet. <laughs> Ginger like mullet. Ginger, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's in for me. He's in. Right, okay. So, uh, second row, I, I think it wasn't a spectacular game from Adam Beard, but he, he gets the nod again for me. Um, oh, a bag in basement now. Yeah, captain's missing, so it's going to be him and Will Rowlands, isn't it? I think it has to be. Yeah, yeah. I thought Rowlands carried well off the bench. Yeah, um, so I go. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the obvious that's the obvious choice. Given that I don't I don't think Alan Winner will be fit, and like I say, even if he is, I I, I wouldn't be risking him. Uh, not off that kind of injury. Um, <laughs> seven and eight stay the same. With a change at six, I would argue. Um, well, obviously, it has to be a change at six, but I think seven and eight stay the same. Me too. So re- realistically, you've got Ellis Jenkins or Thomas Young. You're not going to start Seb Davis there, and you're not going to start um, uh, Chris Chunza there either, are you? So, no, although uh, Chunza might make the bench now. Yeah, oh, blimey. Now, there's going to be a call-up like... Yeah, um, Shane Lewis Hughes will end up starting, or will end up on the bench, or some yeah. someone like that. I think Josh Turnbull. 
or yeah, or Josh. It will be someone yeah. along those lines, I think. Yeah. Um, straight in, straight in the match day squad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the squad was so well thought out in the it, first it, place. Uh, Turnbull, <laughs> it could be captain at this point. <laughs> Can he throw in as well? No, actually, don't. He doesn't need. To, yeah, he's throwing in. Yeah. To himself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. um That's, oh, it. That's the back row. I actually, I actually think someone could come in, could draft it straight into the squad and play six. I wouldn't see that. I, I wouldn't see that as, um, as unthinkable. I just, yeah, I. Well, Shane Lewis Hughes is a great shout. Yeah, I think it could be someone. Like, again, I think he's. I think he's a favourite of uh, Pivax as well. I think Pivac likes him. He's, you know, he's had him in and he's around big. the squad last year. He's, um, he's big. He's a unit. He's combative. Yeah. And he I has just, actually got an offload. He has actually got an offload in him as well. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can. I don't think you can pick Ellis if there's a, even a, a hint of doubt about his fitness. Like not, you know, not the injuries that he's had. I don't. I don't think you can. So I, I'd go. I'd go Thomas Young personally. I think. Um, then, well, based on what's in the squad, you go Thomas Young. But the trouble is, is yeah. that's a very lightweight back row facing the South Africans. Then. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, it just goes. I mean, honestly, it's a really poorly selected squad in the first place. Well, it is. Yeah, I, I know there's injuries and uh, unavailability and all sorts going on, but it's just. I mean, he picked. He picked a, a small amount of back row forwards, and three of them were open sides. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'd go. I'd go with. Uh... I'd go with a call up and have him, have him have him straight. Yeah, I think I'd have him straight in against South Africa. It would have been some and Shane Lewis Hughes is the one or yeah, I'd go with Shane Lewis Hughes, yeah. Yeah. Against them, big, big side. Yeah. Haven't played a lot of rugby, has he? But it's um yeah, I could say like I say I could see it happening. Mm. Nothing surprised me, no. It's a little yeah. yeah, it's quite it's quite desperate, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh nine and ten, stick stick with Thomas for me. Yeah, I wasn't massively impressed with Thomas on Saturday. I no, didn't I think don't, he yeah, imposed okay. his personality on much of the game. He had some, you know, bit snipey little breaks where he wrong-footed a few people. Mm. But I just, I, 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 I don't know if it's just my preference. Maybe it doesn't affect that standard rugby. But I, I always like a vociferous nine, someone who's bossing the forwards, and yeah, he, he seems to be quite a quiet guy. I don't, know, I don't know if that's maybe. It doesn't come across on TV that he that he is communicating with people, but even like um, when there was uh, penalties or free kicks at the breakdown, Paranara would be all over the ball, pushing everyone, yeah. scrapping for the ball. And if it was the other way around, there'd be a New Zealander casually walking back with the ball in his hand, and Thomas Williams doing nothing about it. He's got to he's got to get under people's skin. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, got to be a, a pain bit, in the ass. Yeah, scrum halves generally. Should be a monstrous pain in the ass. Yeah, that's yeah. your job. Yeah, see, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Yeah. He just didn't impose his. I, I know it's you know a big occasion, and he hadn't played for Wales for a while, but he didn't impose his personality on it at all. He should have been a chippy little shit, you know. And he what mm. he just he was okay. That's all he was. He wasn't as good as I think he can be. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But like we like we said the other week, I think this you've got to give a run of games now. We've Absolutely. messed around with nine. Yeah. You know, we're still none the wiser to the the first choice nine is two years into the range. So I think, yeah, I think you've got to pick him again. And then 
a 10, if big as fit, he comes, he comes back in for me. Uh, that was a rough day at the office for Anscombe. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't go well, looked rusty. Like you mm-hmm. said, a lot outside him and just generally the, um, the playbook seemed to have been seen uh, very, very easily by New Zealand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's bigger straight, it's bigger straight back in if he, if he is fit. I think we just need a calm head in the side, you know? Yeah. So, what about you, Dan? Yeah, I thought that, um, well, yeah, I'd go with, I'd go with, 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 with Thomas and Nine, like you boys said, we need to see him at, you know, see him have a run of games. And then, I thought that he played, I thought he came into the game more when Priestling came on. I, I and I think that, um, I don't know, it looked to me like there was an air that, that, that Tom Moss knew, and maybe the, the players did as well, that, that, that Anscombe, it was going to be too big an ass before it even started. And, they, they, you know, they were, they looked, when they were warming up, they looked so confident, so sort of almost cocky, you know, um, and it, and just in supreme shape, every single one of them. And, um, you know, obviously, they'd, uh, they were they were coming in so, you know, so tuned, weren't they? And Anscombe just, I thought he was way, he was way off the, he was way off the pace. And, and I think that affected the, out, you know, I think that affected the, the, you know, the outside backs and, and Thomas as well. So I'd, I'd go, I'd go bigger, but, um, you know, I'd be okay with, with Priestland as well and, and have that link between them, between, between Thomas and Priestland. Well, um, Priestland might keep his place on the bench. Yeah. Because he was good. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. I thought, obviously, he looked, looked creative, set up the try. The other thing that I just thought was, you know, we mentioned it a couple of weeks, you mentioned it a few weeks ago, Murph, just the, the length that he's getting on his kicks. Um in a way, you know, maybe starting it might have helped in that in that particular fixture. That my my, own, my only problem is is what do we learn from having having Priestland around because he is at that uh, the tail end of his career. You know, I think it's realistically by the time we come to the next World Cup, you need you need Anscombe back and back and firing. And well, this is the thing. I mean. Um, uh... Priestland is the old father time kind of figure. Mm. Bigger and uh, and Anscombe are both past 30. Mm. So, you know, uh, we should be looking at uh, Callum Sheedy, really speaking, but uh, he, he's not uh, playing as well as he was when he first broke into the Welsh team. So I've yet to see, I've yet to see that Callum Sheedy is the answer, to be honest. I think obviously, you know, he is, like you say, he's at the right end of his career and you go through those ups and downs, particularly at 10, as you start to mature. But I still think he's got a way to go to, um, to nail down a starting berth at, yeah. at 10 for I, Wales. Yeah. I, kicking out a hand, I'm not a huge fan of him. Mm. If you compare him to Priestland, he's not a patch on him. Um and like I say, uh, uh, I know, and I know everyone says this, and I've said it those times, but everyone looks good when they go around Rander outside them. Mm. Everyone does. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, just it, on the age profile, you know, yeah. it's him and Jarrah, didn't it? Well, it is. I mean, if, yeah, it'd be bloody lovely to think that Reese Patchell might play a game of rugby at some point, um, mm. at mm. some point in the future. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I suppose when it comes to the bench, you are looking at my, the only reason I wouldn't select Priestland is bit is because I don't think he'll be there by the next World Cup, which then leaves you with 
Anscombe or Sheedy. And it's a question of, do you use Anscombe to try and recover a bit of form at international level? Or do you, you know, do you look to have Sheedy come on and do and do that and, and gain more experience and, you know, start to make that, that position his own? Um, I think with Anscombe, the, I mean, part of it is, I, I, I did feel that it was going to be too big, you know, too big an ask for him with having three games. But at the same time, he's, you know, would he have, he would have, he would have picked up a load from that game, wouldn't he? Just yeah. the intensity ever now. So, you know, if he goes again, then come the six, you know, and then he plays again and again, then come the six nations. He's had, he's been, he's had, he's been exposed to, you know, really high level intensity games, which are just such a step up from, from him playing from the Ospreys, yeah. even in the, even in the toughest of URC games. So it, it depends on, it depends on whether we're going for, you know, how important a, a potential win is or whether we're looking to just all about the, you know, the Six Nations. And I quite like, like the, with Priestland being old, I just sometimes think that a win, you know, a win can be so important. Mm. Um, and it's not like we'll be picking old guys all over the park, you know. But yeah, it's it's difficult to to know exactly what to do, isn't it? I, no. I would, yeah, I think you make an interesting point there. I would go Anscombe on the bench just with that, like like you say, he's he's had a rough day at the office. He'll pick up a load from that. He will be that much closer to, to test match intensity. And again, I think coming off the bench is a different ask to, to yeah. start in at 10. And the reason he started at 10 is that we, because we couldn't pick anyone else, really. I think it's also important for potentially his, you know, we've got to be thinking that he, he's not going to be feeling great after that performance, mm. you know, an, in, an intercept, he, he will be, he'll be in probably relatively bad place, you know, um, and the boys will get behind him, I'm sure, or maybe he's just absolutely fine, but he, he won't be pleased with that performance. You, no. you can't be. So, you know, to then, if he's then out of the team, I think you've, you've got to, you've got to get around him, haven't you, as well, and look after him, because he is a quality player, and kind of what did we maybe expect? Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's got. I think that's important to be factored in as well. I would, I would yeah. imagine um, the Welsh rugby equivalent of the flat earthers will be speculating about why both interceptions on Saturday were thrown by naturalised Kiwis. Uh, Anscombe put, put, put Barrett over under the post and McNichol put him over in the corner. So I bet there's yeah. one or two people around the country who've had something to say. The type of people who weren't pleased with Halaholo being capped by Wales, that, yeah. that crowd. And I was also, yeah, because uh, <laughs> realistically, that McNichol one made all the difference, didn't it? <laughs> right, right at the end of the game. Well, in fairness, we'd have kept them under fifty. <laughs> <laughs> it might have saved my uh, spread bet. I was going to say maybe that's it. Someone had, yeah, <laughs> someone had the spread on. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So uh, yeah, not um. Yeah, I, I hadn't I hadn't figured that till you uh till you it. <laughs> it occurred to me at the time. Yeah. It's, it's 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 on a much smaller scale. To um, it just so happened that when England got knocked out to the Euros on penalties in the final, both misses were black men. Yeah. And as soon as that went, I went, oh look out! Here they come. Yeah. Three three of them, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Here they come. Yeah. And uh, it turned out. I mean, I don't. I'm not, I'm not a prophet or anything, but it wasn't easy to see that. It wasn't hard to see that coming, was it? No, no, exactly. Yeah, and that's uh, the depressing state of the world we live in. Uh, yeah. Um, 
lowered the tone there. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think it's lowered the tone. It's lowered the lowered the mood for sure. As yeah. If it could get, as if it could get any lower. Yes, that's, that's um, exactly what I meant. Lowered the mood. Yeah. Yeah. Nor- <laughs> normally, you're lowering the tone, mate. But um, yes, on this exactly. occasion, not. Yeah. Um, onto the uh, onto the centres. I mean, like you said, I, I we didn't offer a great deal in in the centre, and it was so much of it. I think came down to the fact that. They just had us in their pocket defensively, and you watched. You know, Johnny McNichol got smashed a number of times, and yeah. uh, but I don't know that there's any choices there. Really, I mean, I no. think realistically, I think you have to stick with Johnny Williams, given that. Um, yeah, well, Halaholo, how long is his isolation going to be? It's not oh, going to be over yet, is it? If it is, so. then I would give him a run up, but because he's got more. I know it sounds weird, but he's more elusive in contact. Oh, he absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. 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 but it, the thing is. It doesn't matter if we go with the same tactics of basically crash ball, mm. crash ball centers against De Allende, who's probably playing on Am mm. or or any decent side, just crash ball at the middle, doesn't cut it anymore. Unless no. there's some kind of decoy or disguise or de- or sleight of hand involved, crash ball up the middle is bullshit. And mm. unless it's you know, unless you've got Tuolagi, Manu Tuolagi inside, then you can just give it to him a straightforward pass to Manu Tuolagi is fine because they're not going to smash holes in him straight away. But if you've got regular rugby players, there's got to be some kind of shape which wrong foots the defence so that when the crash ball comes, at least these can get through the game line. But doing what we did on Saturday, mm. we would get swallowed up by South Africa. With 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 um, Anscombe and, and Johnny Williams, both of them have, have not played hardly any rugby, though, have they? And boy, did it show. Well, I think, yeah. Well, um, Ansk, yeah. I mean, obviously, Anscombe, I think he's played maybe three games, three appearances, but was out for two years before that. Um, and Johnny Williams, I think, has played one game. Yeah. And it just, it, it, it just showed, doesn't it? I think, again, it comes back to, you know, selection, doesn't it? But, uh, you know, maybe Watkins, you know. <laughs> but I mean, Watkins not in the squad. He obviously doesn't not, like Watkins, does he? Or no, he's obviously he's got reservations about him because I think he, I think he has to be knocking around there. Um, he'd be he'd be in my squad, and and quite frankly, he might well be in the team for me at the moment. I just think it's uh, it says something that he's not. Yeah, I think with with you know if Halaholo's fit, straight straight in, you know, no no questions about it. I don't think, and and you know, and if he isn't, I, I you know, I'd be looking at. I don't know. Can can we? You know, can we get another? Can we get a call up? Yeah. Can well, we Scott, get... Scott's in the squad, Dan. You've been singing his praises of late. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Scott um, walks in, doesn't he? <laughs> 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 I um... mean, listen. There's going to be rotation anyway over the course of the next few weeks. So yeah. if it's this week, there's going to have to be changes made in other weeks because if you play. Uh, this level four weeks running, they're going to burn out anyway. So, like, the, even if um, the partnership had gone well on Saturday, they're still going to have to be rotated during this month, during November anyway. So, whether it comes this week or the week after is um, is coming anyway. You know, I don't think Jonathan Davis has got four test matches on the bounce in him anymore. No. So, um, I mean, I, I if it's a little bit like Ken Owen selection, if fit, Willis. With with JD for this one, yeah, yeah. Would you do the so same, Jed? I go same again. Actually, I think I know. I know what you're saying completely. Um, I'm working this. Oh, do you know what? They're just 
there is a, just a lack of anything in it. I'm still worried about Jonathan Davis getting back to um to anywhere remotely near his best. I think he's still been he's been struggling and we've messed around with him 12 to 13. Um I think Williams has an international future ahead of him. And he's but you're right, he is he's a he's a crash ball center. Um that's fine. Most quite a lot of centers are, but there's yeah. gotta be there's gotta be more disguise on it than what we're doing at the moment. That's all. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd go. I'd go same again. I think for this uh, for this test, um, and again, given that even if Halaolo's available for selection, he will have been in isolation and not trained for a while. So mm. I would go same again. I think, but yeah, it's definitely something that um, that needs to that, that needs to be looked at. That 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 centre um, that centre position. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously. Pending injury, George will be back at 13. Yeah. And then the 12 jersey is possibly Jonathan Davis's. Then it becomes a different partnership altogether. But um, mm. based on what we got now, <laughs> yeah. it just, it's not so much the, the 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 personnel as the way they play. Yeah. So, no, that's a good point. And and then yeah, into the into the back three. I think that. Yeah, for me, I would make one change. Lewis Rees-Samick comes in, throwing lane. I yeah. am in no desire to see Liam Williams get rushed back if he's not if he's not ready and is going to play having not featured since the third Lions test. Josh Adams just just starts, and so yeah, that would be. And actually, to be fair to McNichol, you know, like I said, I've, I've got I've had reservations over him, particularly at fifteen, but he did what he. Does very well, you know. He looked to counter. He's he's got you know he's got elusive running style, and mm. uh, he, he looked to show threat. So I would I, I would probably go with that as my back three. What, what are you thinking, Dan? Yeah, I think there's not much. Um, there's not many many left to pick. Is there outside of that? I, I thought McNichol. Yeah, he counted counted well, didn't he? He thought he be a couple of loose kicks in there, mm. and uh, he's he had a high he, ball as well. Yeah, he took he he took 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 some balls well, and he does he does have mistakes in his game, but but um, yeah, he, he he creates, doesn't he? And with you know with the issues we had in in the centre and at uh, and at ten, we 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 need is um, we need the attack from somewhere, don't we? And he was he was the only he was the only one yeah. that really brought it, I suppose, on, on on the weekend. So, yeah, he he did enough to keep his place, didn't he? Yeah. So I'm going Jonah Holmes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, right, Murph. If it, you were gonna if you were gonna have be nice to, to talk about nice the referee, <laughs> batten down the hatches because we're gonna be we're gonna be for a long night now. <laughs> if, no, you it, get, if you get me started on that, <laughs> in fairness, you, you couldn't have you know. Like I said, McNichol was one of the brighter points of the side on Saturday, so there's no problem yeah. with him carrying on. I thought Owen Lane got caught out of position, uh-huh. um, tactically off kicks at one stage, and it led to a try in New Zealand in the second half, uh, which, I mean, uh, it can happen, but he was too far up the field when he did a crossfield kick, and then it was ended up sprinting back and uh, beaten to the ball by Seven Reese, I think it was, and mm. he ended up offloading three or four times to score. So, um, but that that can be a new partnership with the fullback, 
Because, you, you know, there's supposed to be like a pendulum thing going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. That, that requires communication and understanding. So that could have just been a mm. new partnership thing. But, I mean, in all honesty, I, I didn't think Owen Lane, pace-wise, was any issue for this New Zealanders at all. Whereas I think, I think that's Adams the problem, would be, and, and obviously uh, Reece Samet definitely is. So um, it's just a threat. Any loose kick... Is an issue when when it goes towards uh, resummit. So um, more and more uh, in international rugby, in. it's so noticeable, isn't it? If you've got an out and out speedster, like genuinely someone like sprinters pace, like we said, someone like Lewis resummit, defenses get very very scared. And um, Owen Lane's obviously not in that bracket, and that is that is the concern with him is is that he doesn't necessarily offer um, a great deal of threat through acceleration. But he does have a lot else about him. And, you know, we're talking about centres and the, the lack of that. I, I I wouldn't be looking at it for this game, but I think it would be good to see him get a few more games for Cardiff at, uh, at centre and, yeah. and kind of see whether that is a, a position that um, that he can do at senior rugby, having done it at age grade. Mm. I don't know if anyone noticed or if anyone follows um, Resamit on social media, but from what I can tell, Lewis is brother played rugby for Malta this weekend against Slovenia. Really? So yeah, he posted the team sheet for Malta and at seven was T Resamit. So I'm assuming the Zamit part of their name is Maltese background. And uh, boys actually <laughs> guys I played with played for Malta. It's not a high standard Malta at all. No well I don't know what Slovenia are like, but they prob they probably won. I was gonna say was that one on Amazon Prime as well? Did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of also there's a lot of Welsh names in the Maltese side as well, so uh, I don't know if it's a tradition for South Walians to end up in the Malta side. A little bit like um, um, Andrew Brace playing for Belgium. Yeah, yeah, it's just a thing. All right, there you go. Uh, yeah, I have to I have to have a look into that. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, I mean that's that that's the changes for me. Dan, would you be rushing Liam Williams back? No, I wouldn't. Uh, I agree. I agree with uh, with you. I think well, we don't need let's... to, do we? No, no, we do, we we don't. Let's 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 try and uh, let's try and make sure we can, you know, we can give give some of these players, <laughs> you know, a little bit more time because uh, it's getting very very threadbare out there on the on the back three as well. I, was, I spent quite a bit of time watching the new the New Zealand back three, so you know the wingers and the full back in the stadium, and it was it was like art, you know. Just where they position themselves, how they all, how they link in, they 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 almost they almost they don't need to sort of look at look at each other. They just know exactly where they all are. Um, I know we we kind of made it made it easy for them on the weekend, but it was just incredible how quickly they switch it, how they turn it on so so well. Um, yeah, just phenomenal, phenomenal, and. Um, yeah, we were we were looking really sort of um, clunky in that in that in that area. But as you mm. as you said, Murph, you know, it's a new that's that's a that's a new uh, a new back three, isn't it? As well, so you can't you can't expect anything more than that, can you? Really, there's going to be errors in there where they're positioned positioned and who's 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 pulling in. But they were they were so so on a on a you know they knew exactly where where to, where to be and what they were doing. Just so intuitive. It's brilliant, brilliant to watch. Right, predictions to finish. Let's go for you oh. first, Murph. Oh God. 
Uh, well, less than 50 points. There you are. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bold claim, isn't it? Um, I can't see us beating South Africa on the back of that performance. Um, and at the same time, they're not as prolific uh, opening up on you in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. So if we can keep it close, we might get within 15, 10, 15 points. I'm, get, I'm going South Africa by 15. Dan? Yeah, I was going to say South Africa between... I think they'll be they'll be between ten and ten and ten and fifteen points better than us if we can if we can if we can get the line out going, which is a monumental if we we got a, we got I think we got a chance against them. But um, I wonder who's refing. That'll be key as well. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and, and on that point, yeah. But yeah, if we can get if we can get the line out, we won't we won't go as bad as uh, as, as as we did on the weekend, did we? Hmm. Big if though. Yeah, it is. I'm looking forward to seeing what you've got up your uh, up your sleeve, Dan, to make this line out um, <laughs> to make this line out all of a sudden turn into a uh, a fully functioning one. Uh, but that's pretty much it for this week. Thank you uh, once again to the mighty Murph and to Dan for your contributions this week. Thanks as always to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get some great quality coffee, you can do that at SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk. And uh, yes, we'll be back to talk rugby with you next week. Um, oh, the other thing I was going to say as well, thanks for the uh, the positive feedback we had for the uh, the special that we did during the week. Again, if you want to go back and have a listen to that, if you haven't got around to it yet, uh, you can have a, a listen and uh, hear our chat with uh, James Stafford about uh, what makes that Wales versus New Zealand game uh, so special and even hear about a time when Wales beat, uh, when Wales beat the All Blacks, which uh, is something we're going to have to wait just that little bit longer to uh to witness in our lifetime anyway uh but we'll be back next week to chat rugby with you then thanks for listening sports social podcast network